You are tuned in to Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Brewster, Louisiana. Let's catch up with Father Kyle White as he breaks open the readings for today. You may recall over the summer, Father Michael and I both would preach every now and then about our experiences playing cornhole. It's a tailgating game, for those of you who don't know. And it was a game that both of us had not a whole lot of experience uh, in playing until quarantine, where we started to play all the time. And as we would continue to play cornhole, um, we got better and better and really got pretty good by the end of the summer because we had so much um, extra opportunities to play the game. And then as we know, uh, the fall came and all of us have just been running around like chickens with their heads cut off, just like busy because it's fall and there's school and all these challenges. So I haven't played really at all over the fall. And turns out I got the opportunity to play last night. And Father Michael was with me and uh, we're visiting a family that um, that we're close to and And I was excited to finally be able to get back into this game that I love, where it involves throwing like a beanbag onto, uh, you know, 27 feet onto a a board, into a hole. And so we play the first game and, you know, I get paired up with another partner and we're playing and I lose by one point. So it's so close, no big deal. It's just getting me motivated. I'm getting warmed up. So my excuse there is I'm getting warmed up. It's getting warmed up. And so then we play again, our switch partners. And um, this time I lose by about 15 points. So this time I blamed the bean bags, I think. It was definitely the bean bags. It wasn't the right consistency or, you know, there was one group of, of bags that was better than the other. So I blamed that. And then I play a third time. And. I lost 21 to zero. So then I was trying to think of another excuse. I think I came up with something. There was like a pole on their back patio that was like in my peripheral vision and started blaming that. And so then I thought, okay, well, um, let me take a break. We just need to stretch it out, you know, just regroup. We're going to have a good time here. I promise we're going to have a good time. And so we're going to play again. And all right, this time I... uh, Uh, So we played the fourth time. Sure enough, lost again, but I blamed my partner. Um, So now I'm running out of excuses. And I finally uh, get convinced to play one more time um, with Father Michael. Because, um, you know, both of us were really good this past summer. And um, and so he's, he's pretty good at this game. So, all right, my money, all my marbles are in the bag for my partner now, for Father Mike. He's going to pull in strong. We're going to do all right. So we're going. We're playing. And uh, sure enough, we lost 21 to zero. <laughs> so I blamed my partner that time for sure. Father Mike. And so the family had already prepared to give me a little trophy that they had like, it was like one of their kids' trophies from back in the day. And they, they like put a little thing on top to where it would say, um, you know, cornhole champion. They were just going to give it to me. Well, then after a 5-0 defi- deficit, I was the only person in the whole place that had lost five times in a row. No one else had the record that I held last night. So, um, so they scratched it out and they put... Um, participation award. 
So it's just amazing how if you don't use it, you lose it. Isn't that so true? Things we don't use, we lose. And although I had gotten pretty good at this game over the summer, last night I was not doing so hot because I hadn't been practicing. But it's so true in a lot of the things we do. I mean, consider maybe if you've learned a language before and are studied it for quite some time and then you stopped practicing and then all of a sudden it's so hard to remember this language. Or maybe uh, some of you adults out there, maybe you don't even know the first step to do an algebra problem, but you might have been pretty good at math in high school, but now it's been so many years, there's no hope. Or maybe it's been quite some time since you've gone to the gym or going for a run, and then maybe one day you get motivated. It's time. I'm going to get back. And you suddenly start to realize, I'm not as in shape as I once was, but I was good once as I ever was. So we lose what we don't use. We lose what we don't use. And in the second reading today, St. Paul kind of hints at this experience of human nature. Because St. Paul is preaching, he's, he's writing to the, the Corinthians, this is his first letter, and he's preaching about how convicted he is to share the gospel. St. Paul, the apostle they used to call him, because he was such an incredible evangelist. He was so successful about preaching the good news to all different towns and cities. And he went on all kinds of missionary journeys, stretching himself, putting himself outside of his comfort zone, um, spending time with the Jews and the Gentiles, doing all kinds of things that he probably would have never thought he would ever be possible or imaginable. But in doing so, doing it for the gospel, sharing it with thousands of people. And as he would continue to share, what he has discovered is that he became more and more convicted. He says in his letter that he became all things to all people. That to those under the law, the Jews, he became under the law, sharing in their rituals and traditions and, and, and customs. But to those not under the law, the Gentiles, he became not under the law and with both found a way to insert Jesus into that experience. And he spoke the language of the gospel and presented it in a language that each individual group of people could understand. You see, the gospel doesn't change, but the presentation of the gospel is very personal. We all have different experiences and there are different times and places and contexts of which that we share the gospel. And the more and more that St. Paul did, the more convicted he became. He used it and never lost it. In the Holy Land, we know about the, sea, the River Jordan. The great River Jordan where Jesus was baptized. It's still there today. You can go and visit. And this river empties into two separate bodies of water. One of the bodies of water is the Sea of Galilee which we hear about often in the scriptures. Jesus did a lot of ministry around the Sea of Galilee. He chose his disciples right there off the shore. He healed people. He, he, he taught the, the Beatitudes. And the sea was full of fish and the ground around it was fertile. This was a, a very lively and, and essential place in the scriptures. The Sea of Jordan pours right on into it. And then the other 
body of water that the River Jordan spills into is the Dead Sea. Literally, the name of the sea is death. The Dead Sea where water goes in and it doesn't come out. And really, the only thing special about this sea is just that you can float. If you're like me and you can't float, this is the one place where I promise you, you can float because the salt content is so high. These are the two bodies of water. One is fertile and one is dead. What's the difference? How is it so that these two bodies of water right there in the Holy Land are so different? Well, the answer is that in the Sea of Galilee, water goes in and it also goes out. It flows. And so the water is always alive and fresh. There's new life constantly flowing through it. And the Dead Sea receives and takes for itself. It keeps what it has and doesn't share it. It doesn't empty anywhere else. So now it's just stagnant water. What we don't use, we lose. And it's so true in everything that we do in our life, but especially true in our faith. If we don't share what we have received, our convictions dwindle. You may have been convicted at least once in your life about Jesus Christ. You may have had an experience where you just knew that God loved you and he had a purpose for you. That might have happened a few times in your life and you were just so convicted. But you may have also had the experience of feeling blah. You may have had the experience of doubting your faith or wrestling with your faith or just not even knowing if it's for you anymore. And perhaps there might be a connection that you were once functioning like the Sea of Galilee, but found your way into the Dead Sea. What we don't use, we lose. And what we don't share, our faith, our convictions dwindle. This parish is special. This parish is amazing. We've been talking so much about being missionary disciples for for a few years now. And as we grapple with what it means to be a missionary disciple, what does it look like concretely? What are the, the ways that you can tell someone is truly that missionary disciple? What I have learned is that the best way to become a missionary disciple is to get into the game. It's kind of like football. You can spend all your time in a classroom learning about the history of football and the, the different ways that the, the rules of the game and the different strategies. But if you don't actually get out there and play on the field, feet on the ground, you will never experience and learn fully what it means to play football so true with almost anything else in life. We learn best when we're in the game. And so many of us will say, well, I love Jesus. I know Jesus, but I'm not ready to share him yet. I'm going to leave that for the professionals. Or I just need a few more years to really study my faith so that I'm prepared. But we learn best when we're in the game. We learn best when we go and we just We try it out, we mess up, we fall down and we get back up. We learn from our mistakes and we get stronger and stronger as we keep playing. And through our experience, we discover 
more and more what it means to be that missionary disciple. If we are a missionary and not a disciple, then we start to lose what we have and we almost have nothing left, nothing left to give. But if we're a disciple and not a missionary, then we become like the Dead Sea. We receive and we receive, but our convictions become so small and so irrelevant. At the heart of our identity as Christians is to be both. To be a disciple, which is to be a student, one that studies Christ for who he is in mind and heart. And to be a missionary, one who is sent, one who shares what they have received. And when we do both, we become more convicted than ever before. You are ready to be a missionary disciple. God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And you will learn more and more as you throw yourself into the game, as you stretch yourself, as you put yourself beyond your comfort zone. We together discover this great conviction for Jesus Christ a conviction that grows more and more in this community and others. It's been my honor and joy to share this journey with you the past two and a half years. I know that the Spirit of God will continue to be stirred up and enlivened and, and grow stronger right here in this community. I also pray that y'all would pray for me as I go on to a new place. Perhaps we can share, perhaps I can share what I have received from all of you. And together, the whole church of God can continue to grow and be ever more convicted that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen.